2: Acast anbefaler.
3: Mit navn er Anders Morgenthaler. Over for mig sidder Roald Bergmann. Vi har lavet en ny podcast, der hedder Dopaminklubben. Og Dopaminklubben er en klub, hvor ADHD er fucking sjovt, og hvor det griner. Det behøver ikke at være super alvorligt. Vi er skidetræt af alle de der podcasts og forklarer meget nederen der. Vi gør grin med vores ADHD. Mulig ADHD. Ja, vi udreder mig, fordi nogen siger, at jeg har det. Jeg ved det ikke rigtigt, det finder vi ud af. Vi har i hvert fald lavet vedmål. In og til dopaminklubben. Hver uge udkommer vi. Der laver vi sjovt spas med at have den her vidunderlige dopaminmagle.
1: Hello, I am Matt Edmondson and welcome to not another love song. Once again, you join me in a room I'm calling the lab, but my wife is still insisting on describing as the spare bedroom. And once again, another one of my absolute favourite musicians has somehow agreed to join me to write a brand new song. The only rule is it can't be about something that would normally get written about. So we'll have a chat, see what comes up, see what subject we're both drawn to, and then you can hear us write that song together. Then I'll go off and turn what we've worked on into a proper song that you can hear at the end of the podcast. If you're ready, I'm ready... This is not another love song. Here we go then. Welcome back to the podcast. And first off, a massive, massive thank you if you've spread the word about this to other people in your life. I've had just an amazing amount of messages about the show since it launched last week. I had no idea how it was going to go. But thanks to you, we managed to make it into the overall podcast chart. In fact, the number one podcast in the music category Check this out. We even beat Paul McCartney. So, you know, we can now tell people that we are bigger than the Beatles. Although, Paul, if you're listening, I apologise. Please come back for my difficult second album. Right then, on to this week. And I am so excited about this episode. Firstly, because I know the song that is coming at the end. And I shouldn't say this because you're not meant to have favourites, but this is one of my favourite songs from the whole project. It's actually one of the ones that sounds like a song that could actually exist away from the silliness of what I'm doing here. So my guest this week is Griff, who won the Rising Star Award at the Brits this year, 2021. Now, her performance at the Brits was unbelievably good. We talk about it together a little bit later on. And as an artist, I just think she is brilliant. I'll be honest, I was a little bit intimidated about working with her because she is so talented. She writes most of her songs herself. She is an amazing singer. She's an incredible producer as well. And given how new I am to that side of things, I was a bit worried that when I eventually sent her the track, she'd be like, Matt, what is this? Thankfully, though, She did really like it, and I'm sure you will too. And she was just brilliant company. And I'm genuinely just such a huge fan of her and her music. So Griff, thanks for doing this. She released a mixtape this year that was called One Foot In Front Of The Other. It is great. Go and check it out when you get time. And in terms of songs that you might have heard from Griff, she's released Black Hole, which is the one that she performed at the Brits. There's a
0: big
1: got a brilliant ballad called Good Stuff, which is actually the first time that I heard her, and I was just blown away by how good it was.
0: My mouth didn't when I think of you.
1: And she also lent her voice to that big Christmas ad that Disney did back in 2020, where she sang Love Is A Compass.
0: To the stars, if you don't know where you are head, follow your heart. When you lost I'll guide you, on oh, my right beside you, like a map of your memories.
1: Now I can thoroughly recommend following Griff on Instagram. She's at Wiffy Mainly for a mum, if I'm honest, who is an incredible character and who I was hoping to get a glimpse of as I sat down for my songwriting session over Zoom with Griff
2: background noise?
1: I can hear a little bit of background noise. Can
2: we just go tell the family to be quiet and shut a few doors.
1: <laughs> okay, I'm back. I'll be honest, I'm mad fascinated by your entire family dynamic. <laughs> was that your dad? That was my dad on a phone call on the stairs. <laughs> okay. What's he like? Because your mum's energy is amazing and we'll talk about that in a second, but I'm intrigued by what your dad's whole vibe is.
2: Dad's quite a nervous guy because you've obviously got my mum who's just fiery. And then dad, I think, after like 20 years of being married to her, has just been like kind of beaten down into this nervous wreck.
1: Do you think he's living in low-level fear?
2: Absolutely, yeah. And constantly just trying to keep peace because at any point mum <laughs> could kick
1: off. We should clarify, on your Instagram, you put stuff up of your mum all the time. What's she called?
2: Mum's called Kim.
1: You know how some people are terrifying through a screen? yeah. She's got the unpredictability of a spider. When you think, <laughs> I don't know what you're going to do. At the moment, you're very still. You're just hanging out there. I don't know what direction you're going to move in any second.
2: You'll either take one step and suddenly it scurries and it's like across the room. That's my mum's temperament.
1: But also she seems utterly adorable. And I think that's the worrying thing.
2: A lot of people are like, oh, I want to meet a mum. I want to meet a mum. And they meet her and then they go, she's so nice. I say, yeah, she is nice. But behind closed doors, she's a terror.
1: (laughs) I love the relationship that you guys have. It feels very generational.
2: Yeah, she would love me to just be able to cook and give her grandkids. And the fact that she's made it over to this country and has managed to work really hard and get herself a nice house is what life is about. And I am pursuing this creative career. And she just doesn't have time for social media. She doesn't have time for makeup, glam, Performances, attention, it's all superficial to her, which is hilarious.
1: And what about your dad?
2: Yes, yeah, my dad sings. So he's the one that kind of had speakers and logic lying around um, just as a hobby. That meant we would just jump on it.
1: We should explain, by the way logic is this bit of computer software, it's it-
2: what you make songs on.
1: And you were playing with that from 11.
2: Around- that, maybe a bit later. I just messed about in it for ages and didn't realise I was really developing a craft in that sense. I just liked making things sound nice, you know?
1: Now, can I be honest? I've got a slight worry. Go on. Which is, when we started recording this, just beforehand, I'd had a nap. Oh and God. I, You know when you answer the phone if you've been asleep? Mm-hmm. and you do your best to sound awake, and then someone goes, have you just been having a nap? And you think, how did you know? You were
2: calm, but I couldn't tell if... Do you know, I'm used to hearing you at full 100% mat on the radio. Yeah. I didn't think you'd had a nap. I just thought, oh, maybe this is just normal you. No,
1: nah, it's because I got up really early. I tell you what, I'm not a morning person. Are
2: you not? I'm not a morning person
1: at all. The early mornings ruined my whole school experience. I feel like the world was set up for morning people. If I could schedule my day, I would be waking up, Uh, 9 9.30, 10am. Well,
2: that's kind of what's happened in quarantine for me. And I've been loving it
1: because... Because you're young and carefree and void of responsibility. You can do what you want. Exactly. You're 19 or 20?
2: Oh, I've turned 20 now.
1: Oh, God, you passed it, mate. I know. It's really, honestly, really sad. Like, really sad. So you're pretty much in control of your own time.
2: You wake up late, you feel bad, you work till late. And it just the cycle continues. And I think it works.
1: It drives my other half up the wall because every project I ever do, I have quite a lot of advance warning that it's going to happen. Yeah, you last minute. I'm so last minute. Everything. I can't do it without the pressure.
2: So does that mean, are you someone who's punctual or or, are you always late?
1: Uh, Always late. Yeah, right. Yeah, same. And don't have a problem with it. Well, do
2: you know what? I think I'm a bit of a hypocrite because I have a real issue if someone's late for me. If I was 10 minutes late... 10 minutes is fine. I think 20 minutes is my max.
1: 20 minutes is my max as well. And it
2: depends if you've heard from them and it depends how they've conducted themselves and if they've given any genuine excuse. But
1: zero to 10 minutes as a buffer either side, that should be the societal standard. Yeah, it's true. The worst is when you're running late and there's nothing you can do about it.
2: I don't know why that's taken me to LA and LA traffic is the worst. And I remember there was one time where I was about an hour or something late for a photo shoot and you're just sitting in standstill traffic and getting more and more angry. But there's nothing you can do
1: about it. Am I right in thinking that for that song that you did with Zed, you got flown to LA just to do your vocals on a special microphone that he records all his vocals on. And it's silly, isn't it? That does seem mad to me.
2: No, it is silly. Well, I was literally about to leave LA and then his team got in touch and were like, we want you to sing on a song. And then I kind of thought, meh, because I've heard with the middle, he literally got like Camilla Cabello, Zara Larsson, everyone. Yeah, like 20 vocalists. Everyone sang it. So I was like, meh, we'll see. But I just did it anyways. And then I had to leave and then he decided he liked it. So I had to go back to Sweden to do some promo. And then he flew me all the way back to LA just to record it.
1: On that one mic? Yeah,
2: that's what you call precise. Wow. He was like, yeah, I'll probably get you this vocal in about three months. I was like, what? He was like, yeah, we'll work on it for three months and listen to every single breath and every single voice inflection and make sure we've got it 110% right.
1: Oh my God. And how many takes did you have to do?
2: Maybe 20 of the verse, 20 of the chorus, 20 wow. of the post. Do you know what I mean? Yeah.
1: But that must be amazing to be like, oh, Zed likes your voice. He's going to fly to LA.
2: Yeah, it was a bit crazy. unbelievable. Do you know what? I was a bit disappointed because I was hoping I was going to go to his house. Because have you seen his house? I haven't. Oh, it's silly. Yeah, after this, go check it out. He's filthy rich.
1: When you do become disgustingly rich, which will happen.
2: Yes. (laughs) What
1: what would you put in your house? Um, Table tennis table? I'm not really a table tennis person, but if it adds to the vibe, then sure. What is it about table tennis that you've not connected with? Um, I'm not coordinated, Matt, at all. Hand-eye, can't do it. To
2: save my life, I can't do it. And that's for most sports, but table tennis specifically is even trickier because it's just flipping, it's light as a feather. So it literally is all about precision and eye coordination and I'm, I'm not willing to embarrass myself like that.
1: I had this false belief for many years that I was quite good at table tennis. Interesting. Because I'd only played my sister <laughs> on family camping trips. Uh-huh. And I was a bit better than her, but not much. And I also beat my parents, but maybe in retrospect, they let me win. When was the moment you realised? Oh, it was awful. So there's a lovely man called Jamie Lillywhite, who manages Ellie Golding, And I met him at a thing and we started talking about table tennis. Yeah. I said, are you good? And he was like, yeah, I'm pretty good. And I was like, yeah, me too. We should play sometime. So we booked it in. Now, I didn't know him at all. Mm. He... Served at me, I did not see the ball. It's like it went through a wormhole in the table. (laughs) It had so much spin on it. Even if I got to it, I don't know how people are returning that.
2: I know. I like this about you, which I'm noticing. You try something and you think you're very good at it
1: and you go for (laughs) it. The thing is, I was much more confident about my table tennis abilities than I am about my producing abilities, which could be a worry. Okay. Because I had no other context. I really thought I was quite good. I didn't score a single point or return a single ball in an hour. It's not good, is it? But it was still lovely to have an hour of his company. He weirdly didn't say, should we book again for the same time next week? I'm shocked.
2: <laughs> I've just thought, I think when I have a big house, oh, yeah. like Well, I just looked out the window and I, saw, I there's a big tree outside and I think I'd love to build around a big, like to have the pillars be like a huge tree.
1: Yeah, like a proper tree house. Kind
2: of the trunks are just chilling in your big living room.
1: How do you feel about a jacuzzi?
2: I think it's for the photo and I think the actual experience is not as fun.
1: I agree. I think the idea of it's more exciting than what it is.
2: Absolutely. I think you get in there, it's a bit boring. I've also heard hygienically they're really not great.
1: You would get into a jacuzzi with someone that you wouldn't, dream of getting into a bath with
2: it's so true I think I'd like a ball pit in the studio so that when you hit writer's
1: block you can just kind of sit in there and and think obviously you'll be paying a butler to individually clean each ball do you think you'd have a butler I don't know I think I'm too much of a people pleaser to have a butler I'd end up butlering them I think wow (laughs) I don't like other people doing things for me it makes me feel quite uncomfortable okay what I'm not hearing from you is that, yes, you're the same. I, what I'm hearing in the silence is I can't wait to get a butler and never lift a finger. Honestly,
2: my mum would be so disappointed in me if I just turned into this rich pop star with a butler. But honestly, I'm so messy and I thought I'd grow out of it and I'm now 20, so it's, it's getting harder and harder to say I'm going to grow out of it. Like When I really can't see like my bedroom floor, then I'll
1: maybe think about it, but yeah, otherwise... If, say, you go to a recording studio where Zed's golden microphone is there, yeah. And someone comes in and says, hey, Zed and Griff, would you like anything? How good are you at saying, yeah, get me a Frappum Mocha choco latte?
2: I'm starting to try and get better because I'm starting to try and like, you know, um, manifest myself into a pop star. Yeah. It's just the innate Britishness in me.
1: I once did a voiceover for a telly show and it was in a recording studio and someone came in and said, do you want anything? And my gut instinct was to say, no, no, I'm fine. But I was really hungry. And so I said, can I have some toast, please? I'd love some toast. I said, I I know this is a bit weird, but can you just make sure the butter is melted into the toast? I just don't like visible butter. And they said, I don't understand what you mean. (laughs) I said, OK, well, um, I just, uh, you know how sometimes butter can be cold and the toast can sometimes cool quite quickly because of its vast surface area. Can you get the butter to it quickly? So the butter kind of melts into the bread. So when the bread's here... I can't see that. I can't mindset. see it. And they said, I don't understand. What do you mean? Okay, I said, all right, if I was doing it, I would um, <laughs> I would take the toast and I would put the butter in between the toast to almost, you know, soften up a bit. Sorry, so you've got two slices of toast? Yes, yeah, so I'm creating like a butter pocket, a hot pocket for it to hang out in for a bit. And then it's just going to melt and then you're going to be able to spread it. And they said, Oh, sorry, I really don't understand what you mean. Are they having you on? Anyway, when they arrived back... Mm. They said, I think this is what you wanted. And it was plate, toast, toast A, a wrapped, still in its foil, block of butter. Oh, God. And then on top of it, toast slice B. And they (laughs) said, is that what you wanted? And I, because I was so embarrassed for them, I said, yes, 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 that's perfect, thank you. That's exactly what I wanted, yes. Because now they're going to have gone and told their friends, this guy came in. He wanted me to put a sachet of butter between two slices of bread and he was so particular about it that we had a conversation for about 10 minutes about it. So
2: what, you just can't do visible butter?
1: I like the butter. I don't want to know it's there. Interesting. Is there anything you won't eat?
2: I've never eaten a baked bean.
1: Is that because you don't like the concept of it?
2: I think from a young age, I just decided it was ugly. You know, I only ate prawn cocktail crisps because I like the colour of it, not because I like the flavour.
1: Okay, so you're drawn to the aesthetic rather than the taste. Yep, yep, yep. Can I throw a couple of foods at you and you can just give them a sort of beauty rating?
2: Sure, okay.
1: Yorkshire pudding?
2: Mm, th- four.
1: An apple pie? Oh, like a 7.8. A plum? It's, it's an
2: attractive fruit. I'd give it, it depends. Mm, I'd give it a six.
1: Is this a thought process that's going on in your head or is this one that I've backed you into a corner on?
2: No, like, it definitely was a real thought process that I used to have as a kid, I think. I think everyone has it a little bit. You look at something, you think, is that a
1: bit of me? Is it not? When do you think you fell into this idea of, right, I'm a creative person, I'm my own person now, and I'm going to make my own decisions about what is and what isn't good? How old do you think you were?
2: The earliest I can remember thinking that was maybe around three. I've dressed myself since nursery. I tell
1: you what, you're doing a great job, because your entire aesthetic is so brilliant. Thank you.
2: (laughs) Thank you. I mean, yeah, I, I would rock up to nursery in some horrendous outfits. And I look back and I I remember my thought process
1: behind all of them. Well, good on your parents as well for letting that happen. Well, I
2: think this is why my mum's such a broken, angry woman now, because I just don't think I really let her have the fun mother-daughter time that
1: we were supposed to have as a kid. So were you good at playing when you were a kid?
2: I just didn't really like it and I didn't really understand why everyone would pretend. Like, I remember my mum bought me a dollhouse, because I liked, again, I liked the look of it. I thought, that's pretty, I want that. And then I just collected dust and she was like, you never play with it. I was like, well, what do you want me to do? Pretend the dolls are alive. Like, they're not, so.
1: (laughs) What about things like Disney? Because obviously you did the Christmas ad for them. Were you not connecting to that sort of stuff? I never
2: really watched it because I just didn't really find cartoons that engaging either because I was like, it's not real.
1: Oh, my God. (laughs) I know. What happened to you, Griff, as a child? I know,
2: something must have happened. Yeah. And it's just kind of taken out all my magic and imagination as a kid.
1: Well, I'm glad that you kept that till after your massive Christmas song with Disney.
2: Honestly, if you go back and watch any
1: of the interviews, I'm just lying through my teeth. So what do you like to watch, if not cartoons? (laughs) Do you watch telly? I
2: just finished Desperate Housewives, and now I have a big Desperate Housewives-shaped hole in my life.
1: It's hard, isn't it? When you finish a box set?
2: I kind of don't know what to do with myself. Um, So I've been filling it with first dates.
1: Ah, brilliant. Do you ever watch it and think, this says more about me than it's going to say about you, Go on. Sometimes watch first dates and think, I'd have been good on that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Songwriting in sessions, in a way, is dating because you're always with a different person and you kind of just have to get to know someone within an hour and write a song. So, in that sense, yeah, but I've never actually really been on kind of like a a date where I'd never known the person. I've only actually ever dated one person.
1: And are you guys at the point yet where you feel like the other one has cheated by watching an episode of a TV show that? you were watching together.
2: Yeah, it's happened many a time. Um, The latest has been The Crown. And it's ongoing, really. You know, I log on, I say, I don't know what's going on. And then he goes, I I have a confession. And I just,
1: I think... Why have you done this? I get very upset if Bryony watches something without me. She just went and watched Bridgerton. Didn't tell me she was watching it. (gasps) And I said, I've heard about this show. It's called Bridgerton. She's like, Yeah, I've watched it. It's great. No, that's brutal. Yeah. So was he getting involved in Desperate Housewives as well?
2: No, that was a venture by myself. That's something I'd never expect him to kind of get involved in. Right. We don't have to do all our box sets together, but if we start one together, you can't then venture off. So it's just the rules of the
1: game. You're not at the point in the relationship I would hope where if someone said, "Look, you can have a kind of," I don't know how to phrase this in a way that's appropriate. Go on, just say it. If someone said, "Like, oh, you could have a." Wild Night of Passion, or you can watch the next episode of Below Deck, and you think, oh, well, I really want to find out what happens to that chef's meal that just went out. I'm going to choose Below Deck, please.
2: Yeah, I'd probably do the same. Wild Nights of Passion, overrated, you know?
1: <laughs> What's been your worst version of that? Because for me, it was the TV show, well, actually two of them, Breaking Bad and Mad Men where I would wake up at 5am so I could watch two episodes of Breaking Bad before I went to work.
2: I strongly disagree with Matt, But actually, both of them.
1: Hang on. Have you watched Breaking Bad? Yes. Oh, my God. It's the greatest piece of TV ever made. Really
2: long. Like, really long. Times that by 10 with Mad Men because that just went on forever and there wasn't
1: really any storyline. You just don't like fiction. You're like, "This, this man wasn't real. I liked
2: Mad Men and I thought it was great. But the thing is, this was pre, like, everyone's attention spans being, you know one centimeter long like (laughs) so there wasn't really any big dramatic storylines it was just kind of following their lives like don's ran away like she's smoking a cigarette and that that was kind of it i
1: think there's a song to be written in box sets
2: i like your thinking
1: so i think verse one needs to establish that the thing that you used to like doing was watching each other like looking at each other wow
2: yeah but
1: the over time that shifted and actually what you're consumed by now are these other things yeah and then i wonder if we just as a sort of brainstorming exercise just write down loads of box sets that we've watched i think so that have sucked us in i was just look at this google Doc. you've added some quite unexpected ones <laughs> again mine's not very fictional is it you've gone for love island come dine with me no one's watching a box set of Come Dine With Me.
0: Absolutely. That's
1: not a box set. It is. They made like 2,000 episodes. Yeah, that's
2: a big box set. I watched all of it through lockdown.
1: You've not watched every episode of Come Dine With Me. I
2: think I've seen most, yeah. Whoever casts for Come Dime With Me, they just get it bang on every time.
1: They're the best in the game, aren't they? Yeah. Because I was thinking, you know, high-end, HBO, Netflix. Right. You put Bake Off and Come Dine With Me.
2: Yeah, I'm trash. I, I watch trash.
1: Well, there's nothing trashy about Bake Off. Come on. Tiger
2: King was a classic. Oh, sorry. You know, when you open Netflix and then the sound starts. (laughs) Hate it.
1: Have you watched Suits? Yes, Suits is a classic. It did go downhill when Meghan Markle left. What was weird about the Mike and Rachel relationship is that they had zero, and I mean zero, banter. They never laughed together, ever in that show. Do you
2: know what? I'm annoyed you've pointed that out now because now I'm never going to be able to unsee
1: that. Every conversation they had was so serious. It's just like, did you do
2: those papers? Yeah, I
1: did the papers. Right, see you after work, bye. Yeah. Oh, The X-Files is good. Have I watched that? What I mean is, like, good for the song.
2: Yeah, good for the song, yeah. Sorry, I'm I'm more thinking about the box set. You're thinking about the music. I'm trying to write a song right now, Griff, okay?
1: <laughs> oh, Stranger Things. Stranger Things, never watched it. Oh, you wouldn't like it? It's because it's got monsters in it. No, it's not that. Sex Education? Yes, I'd really like that. Okay, there's loads of... Shows we've written down now.
0: (laughs) I used to look at you for hours at a time, and
1: now I can. I like what you just said. I used to look at you for hours at a time. Hours at a time. What about I used? Is I used to turn you on? Is that too? No. On the nose, like I used to turn you on rather than turn the TV on. But but now I turn it on. Yeah. Because you're second best. Oh God, this is quite a sad song, Griff.
2: It is a bit sad, isn't it? Talked to you for hours on the phone. Now I've watched Game of Thrones.
1: That's nice, yep.
2: You were my world. Now it's Gossip Girl. Like, I don't know.
1: You <laughs> used to be in my obsession. Now I watch Succession. Do you know
2: what it actually more sounds like? It sounds like someone's left you and the only thing you can fill it with is TV series. It doesn't feel like you're still in the relationship. Oh,
1: yeah, you're right, you know. And I
2: think that's actually nice.
1: I think that's a much better angle. It's a self-soothing... Post-breakup song. Exactly,
0: exactly. What
1: about this? I used to turn you on. We'd make each other smile. But now I turn it on because I'm in your X-Files.
2: Whoa. You're clever. I'm into it.
1: We spoke for hours over the phone. Now I'm spending hours...
2: With Game of Thrones? Yeah. Yeah. We were for
0: hours on the phone. Now I'm spending hours with Game of Thrones, and you are my whole world, and you are my everything, my whole world. Now all I can do is just watch Gossip Girl.
1: Is there something about the phrase Gossip Girl, like the the only person I speak to? Or
2: I tell you everything.
1: I was your world.
2: I was your world.
1: Now, all that I'm hearing is from Gossip Girl, something like that.
2: Oh, I like that. See, Matt, you're a clever songwriter. (laughs) You don't do the obvious and I like that. I'm reading between all your lines of duty.
1: I'm reading between the lines of duty is good. Does it make sense? No. No. But does it sound good? Clever? Yeah, Yeah, a little bit. I close my eyes and I miss your beauty, something like that. Yeah,
2: I close my eyes, I miss your beauty.
1: Now, I press rewind on line of duty.
2: Yeah, good. I'm into that.
1: Now I'm staring at my own reflection in the black mirror because obviously black mirror refers to...
2: Yes, yes.
1: Now I see myself... Inside the black mirror. Inside the black mirror is good. Wow. So let's have a look at this chorus then. I think maybe the idea is that you're now hanging out with your new gang.
2: Yeah, I like that. That's kind of sad and cute. Maybe we just start listening. Yeah,
1: I quite like the line, Stranger Things Have Happened. I've
2: seen Stranger Things Happen.
1: Something like, um, I feel like Carol Baskin... (laughs)
2: I'm Carrie Bradshaw in Manhattan.
1: Yeah, I'm Don Draper with his hat on.
2: Yeah. I've seen the stranger things happen because I'm friends with Carol Baskin and I, I'm Carrie Bradshaw in Manhattan and I'm Don Draper with his hat on.
1: I'm like Ross and all his friends.
2: Oh, yeah, I'm Ross and all his friends. Mike Ross trying to pretend because you know how. Oh, that's great. Oh, oh my God, God. God. that's God. great. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's a brilliant lyric.
2: Yeah, I like it. I'm really into it. Impossible Who's in Breaking friends.
1: Bad? Um, uh, Walter White.
2: Walter White making meth.
1: You could do, I'm Jesse cooking meth, I'm Walter facing death. Oh, wow. That's cool as, cool as fuck. It needs a sort of thing that rounds it off at the end. Like, I would, like, trade all of them for One More Day with you. It's something like that, isn't it?
0: So I've seen stranger things happen. I- now I'm friends with Carol Baskin, Carrie Bradshaw in Manhattan. Don Draper with his hat on. I'm like Ross with all his friends. And my cross trying to pretend I'm with Jesse Cook and Beth. This wild old Walter White who's facing death, but I want you.
1: So I wonder then if it's rather than you saying you're those things, it's like I'm with.
2: Oh, wow. You. I like it. I like it a lot.
1: Yeah, that's great.
2: Acast anbefaler.
3: Mit navn er Anders Morgenthaler. Over for mig sidder Roald Bergmann. Vi har lavet en ny podcast, der hedder Dopaminklubben. Og Dopaminklubben er en klub, hvor ADHD er fucking sjovt, og hvor det griner. Det behøver ikke at være super alvorligt. Vi er skidetræt af alle de der podcasts og forklarer meget nederen der. Vi gør grin med vores ADHD. Mulig ADHD. Ja, vi udreder mig, fordi nogen siger, at jeg har det. Jeg ved det ikke rigtigt, det finder vi ud af. Vi har i hvert fald lavet vedmål. Ind lyt til Dopaminklubben. Hver uge udkommer vi. Der vi space at have den her vidunderlige dupermin, so
1: as you heard, it came together pretty quickly. And Griff and I spent another half an hour, 45 minutes, writing the rest of the song, which you'll hear in a second. And then it was up to me to have a think about how I was going to make it sound. And I wanted something that sounded energetic, but also a little bit sad. And I settled on a couple of things. Firstly, I used an electric piano called a Wurlitzer. It's got quite a melancholy feel for the chords. And I wanted to create an interesting rhythm. Now, if you play piano, this will seem really obvious, but it had never occurred to me before working on this song to try this out. So if you think of a chord, a chord is made up of three notes like these. There's that one, that one, that one. And you play them all together and it makes a chord and it sounds quite nice. And in a lot of songs, you hear all those three notes played together at the same time. But in this song, I decided to break up the rhythm of them a bit. So two of them play together and then the third note plays on its own. And you get this kind of seesaw motion going on in the track. And as somebody who knows pretty much nothing about music, that was exciting for me because it provided quite a nice foundation to build on. And it's quite a smooth sound, that whirly. And so I wanted something a bit more gritty for the bass. And I found this sound, which is quite a good contrast. So I sampled some old kind of crackly distorted TV sounds, which I've used as sort of percussive elements on the track. And actually, the percussion was something I spent ages on. This is the first song I've made where I properly learnt to use a drum sequencer. And if you don't know what I mean by that... Think about rhythm as being sort of just beats over time. So it's me clapping my hands there. A drum sequencer allows you to go in and divide up that time into little blocks, and then you can put different noises into each of those blocks. So if you're counting one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, you can say, well, on the one, I want a kick drum. And on the two, maybe I want a little weird pop noise. And on the three, I'll have a little hi-hat game. So once I've finished tinkering about in the lab, I am going to make that stick. It was time to jump back on Zoom and play the song to Griff.
2: There I am. Hi.
1: You're in your car.
2: It's a pit stop just for you, Matt. Are you
1: joking? Where have you pulled over to? No, no, no. Well,
2: I had a session and then I'm on my way to a dinner. But
1: I thought, you know, it's fine. Going anywhere nice for dinner?
2: I haven't planned yet. I'm basically picking up a friend and then we're going to figure it out.
1: That feels very you.
2: (laughs) Not planned, not organised, making it up as you go along. Yeah, very brief.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and probably going to be late for your friend because of this now.
2: Hey, no, this is important. It
1: is important. We've written a banger. We have. Before we get to that, a couple of things have happened since we spoke.
2: A few things, yeah. You
1: performed at the Brits? I did. How was that?
2: A bit nuts. Like, very overwhelming.
1: It didn't come across like that. It came across like you were the boss of that stage.
2: Thanks. I mean, listen, lots of rehearsals, lots of practice, and I just had to zone out a little bit and just pretend I was in my bedroom. And
1: also one of the shrewdest business moves I've ever seen, which is you selling bits (laughs) of the set. After your performance, it's true. That business is move, very I love smart, Brit.
2: Well, you know, we just don't like to see waste. It's nuts about these big productions. You spend so much money making it, and then it all goes in the bin at the end. So you
1: may as well flog it, right?
2: Yeah. Well, this Brits was small this year, so like people couldn't really come as they usually would, and so I just thought, you know, let's. Use the, the backdrop and give it out to people so it feels like they were there in the moment. It's not a shrewd business move. It's a sentimental, nice thing. It is a
1: shrewd and cynical money-making scheme <laughs> and I am here for it.
2: Absolutely. Bump those pre-sales for the mixtape.
1: <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs> Listen, I thought it was genius. I loved it. Perfect. <laughs> but seriously, I thought the performance was amazing. Have you watched it back? How do you feel about watching stuff like that back?
2: No. I think I watched it once, literally when I came off, um, just to make sure. And then since, haven't watched it. I can't, I don't want to see it. I don't want to relive it because I'll pick holes and things that I can't change. And it will, like, kill me. So, yeah, no, I haven't.
1: Let me reassure you, it was really good.
2: Thanks. Okay.
1: All right. Worth a watch.
2: You recommend, okay.
1: <laughs> you met Taylor Swift on the night, which I know will be a huge deal for you. It'll be a huge deal for anybody.
2: Okay, so. Me and Maisie Peters made a cover of Exile. So she tweeted us back in November or something. And that was enough for me. I was like, oh my God, Taylor knows who I am and then I'm getting ready for the Brits aren't I and then these flowers appear and the thing is she signed it off so mysteriously she just signed it off as like your friend Taylor and I was like wait I don't have a friend called Taylor I don't know who Taylor is <laughs> and then I kind of saw her I caught her eye from across the room like when she was sitting at the tables and then she went up and did her speech and then kind of like mentioned me she was like Chris and I was like oh my god and then um, at the end of the night, we're kind of walking back to the hotel room. And then my, my manager asks the guy, like, oh, did you actually show us to dressing room one? And I'm thinking, hang on a second. All the dressing rooms are in the hotel. The only person that would have a dressing room in the arena is tete So I was like, shit, this is my moment. Um, and so we go to dressing room one. And I like peek my head over and there she is in all her glory eating chips.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. I know. And... How long did you chat? I thought
2: it would just be like a quick hi, but then she was like, no, sit sit, sit down. So we chatted for a bit, but um, I didn't keep her all night. So yeah, it was like a good 15, 20 minutes chat on the sofa. Oh my God,
1: that's so exciting. I've only met her once, and the thing that I take from it is that she's incredibly gifted at small talk. Well,
2: this is the thing, Matt. She was so nice to me, but you almost don't want to like take it personally because I can tell that like she's got it mastered down to a T. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. She's a
1: genius. She's so good at the chit-chat. Yeah,
2: she's a professional like people person.
1: She's amazing. Yeah. Right, come on then. Are you ready to hear this song? <gasps> I think it might be my new favourite song of all time.
2: Matthew. I'm
1: being serious. I absolutely love this song. I love that. Okay, well, the wait is over. Here it is. I used to look
0: at you
2: aren't we
1: we're a good team that is a banger
2: i'm now wanting to count how many um shows we've listed so now anyone that listens to it you've got to catch all of them and if you've got any less then listen to it again and find it yeah
1: it's like a word search
2: exactly so um, we need to like give the people the number so that when they listen to it if they don't have the max number then you know they've got it wrong that's
1: true well what i'll do for the end of the podcast is i'll count up all the references and i'll put the number at the end yeah. so they can go back and try and find all of them although the only person whose opinion I'm really worried about is your (laughs) mum
2: I don't think she'll care honestly she'll go okay she'll be like I don't get it in
1: a way that's exactly what I want I want the lack of enthusiasm yeah
2: yeah yeah she'll be like I don't understand she won't get the humour of it she'll just go very good you know
1: nice Griff, what can I say it's been a joy thank you so much thank you
2: thanks for having me
1: How amazing is Griff? I am so excited to see what she goes on and does. And I reckon if anyone's set for world domination, it is probably her. As ever, I'm going to stick that track just on its own in the main feed so you can listen back to it to your heart's content. And if you liked it and you like this week's podcast, the most helpful thing you can do is tell someone else about it or leave a review, but I know that's a bit of a faff. I shouldn't say that. It's not a faff. It's very easy. Please go and leave a nice review. It helps the mad algorithm for podcasts because it's literally just me here making it in the spare bedroom, a.k.a. the Beat farm. If you want to find me and come and say hi, I'm Matthew Edmondson on Instagram. Please do slide into my DMs. I'll try and get back to you. I am back next week with another guest. It is Tom Grennan, who has got one of my favourite voices. The song is so him. He also tells the single best story you've ever heard about a tattoo. So I will see you with Tom same time next week. Right, text someone about this podcast right now. Oh, and I forgot to say, there are 20 TV shows in that song to find. Go and have a listen. It's the next podcast in the feed.
2: Acast, cast in
3: Mit navn er Anders Morgenthaler. Over for mig sidder Roald Bergmann. Vi har lavet en ny podcast, der hedder Dopaminklubben. Og Dopaminklubben er en klub, hvor ADHD er fucking sjovt, og hvor det griner. Det behøver ikke at være super alvorligt. Vi er skidetræt alle de der podcast og forklarer meget nederen der. Vi gør grin med vores ADHD. Mulige ADHD. Ja, vi udreder mig, fordi nogen siger, at jeg har det. Jeg ved det ikke rigtigt, det finder vi udrede. Vi har i hvert fald lavet vedmål. Ind og lytte til Dopaminklubben. Hver uge udkommer vi. Der laver vi sjovt spas med at have den her vidunderlige